You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're scratching the itch for one more freaking road trip before this year is out. (laughs) If you followed The Itch, you know that we have done some traveling over the past couple of years, really mostly this year. Uh, (laughs) A couple of years ago, Casey and I went to Lawrence, Kansas to see Bad Flower. And looking back on it, I don't remember exactly why we decided we needed to do that. I think we just really were into the show. It was because shows started popping up more and we just hadn't seen them because of the pandemic and we wanted to we wanted to road trip that's right it was when shows first started happening again yep yep you're right but most of the other road trips have all been this year yes we went to lawrence again earlier this year to see nonpoint then we went to nashville to see chemical fire and then we did upheaval up in michigan and now this time we have returned to michigan a different part of the state, of the mitt. <laughs> this time we went up to Flint to see a trio of artists that we have had as guests on the show in a show at the famous machine shop. Yes. And I'm tired. This is our longest drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was very similar to the show in Kansas in the sense that we had interviewed every single one of the bands for this, for this show that we were going to in Flint, Michigan at the machine shop. So it was kind of important for us to be there a little bit. Uh, and not to mention that it was initially supposed to be the only, as we thought, we didn't quite know how the machine shop worked. Uh, it was supposed to be the only Taproot CD release show. And then they were like, oh, it's sold out. Let's add another one. Oh, that one's sold out too. Let's add another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you go back in the archives, you can hear our conversation with Taproot. They just released a brand new album called Scissors. And they've, as they put it, kind of been doing the weekend warrior thing. They're playing shows on the weekends and they can basically keep adding more because this tour keeps being successful. Yeah. And it's very close to where they live because they obviously, you know, I think they're still working during the week um, and then just kind of having fun with the band during the weekends or something like that. Uh, So yeah, it's, you know, we don't, nobody ever comes through St. Louis anymore. So we had to basically take it upon ourselves to go see Taproot while we could. Well, and what's funny about that, in addition, if you listen to the Christmas Eva 2 episode, we said that we wanted to to do an Eva road trip, or at least that was one of my goals of 2023. So when this show got announced, and it's Taproot, who we've been fans of since they came out, and Eva Under Fire, it was kind of two birds, one stone. Little did we know that Heartsick would be thrown in there and we'd get to know Alfonso and interview him as well. And this this all happened and I bought the tickets like in late February or something like that. So that was before upheaval and and everything else happened. So this was, this was just on a whim and I bought tickets hoping that you guys would want to go. <laughs> it's amazing the, the power of peer pressure when we could have just said no and Casey could have just eaten like the 20 bucks or whatever the ticket but instead let's drive eight hours let us let's get set up in an airbnb let's pay for a bunch of food and let's see this show and the itch was like you know what we're gung-ho 2023 is is a yellow situation we're doing this (laughs) yeah I didn't have any reason to say no so (laughs) 
little did we know we'd be traveling a lot <laughs> within that time period. But uh, it's it's a lot of fun. If you'd like to sponsor us to come to your city and see your band shows, <laughs> now on, that's how we're doing this. We'll talk about it. We'll put some nonsense on the Instagram. It'll be great. We just say staying at your house. Sorry. No, no. you're. Yeah. We'll, we'll take care of that ourselves. Speaking of the Instagram, if you want to, you can check that out on our Instagram page. It's rocks. I believe it's uh, fun and flint. It was fun in Flint. I changed it. Now it's called Michigan. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, one of those story collections or whatever they are on yeah. Instagram. You can see little short videos that we took of our trip documenting the events. And what's cool about that is it really does help paint a picture of, of the B&B that we stayed at because like we could try to paint a picture, but like, I don't know if I could, but the, <laughs> uh, the backyard was definitely one of the coolest parts about it. And we got to hang out and, that was so it was ideal because especially after driving for like eight hours, we went to we out, went out to eat at uh, the burger. Was it called the burger bar? Yeah, the burger bar. Yep. Yeah. Which was good, but it took us like two hours to eat because it, they were <laughs> they were super slow. Shout out to the one guy who seemed to be running the whole thing. Yeah, yeah the whole place. <laughs> one server, dude. <laughs> and on the plus side, they had a lady there playing an acoustic set. Just it was really awesome. Um, she did a great job. I didn't catch her name or anything. And I apologize for that. But yeah, when you know, so they also had some great draft beers as well. And so we sat there and enjoyed some some draft beers. And and of course, did the thing you're not supposed to do when you go to Flint, Michigan. What what did we do? We drank the water. Very first thing I yeah. did. I don't. For me, it's just a force of habit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For me, it's a force of habit. Whenever I get a beer, I get like at a restaurant, I get a water with it too. Yeah. And just like we're halfway down the water, like halfway through our water was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're pleased to report that we survived three days in Michigan and came out just fine drinking that water. Well, I did buy a right? case of water. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. yeah I was say, we, that was like I only that was the only part I drank was like the half a glass. Once I realized what I was doing, I was like, oh, oh no, I'm done with that. I'm pretty sure I drank it multiple places throughout the week throughout the trip. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I drank bottled water the rest of the, the rest of the weekend. I was very conscious of that. Yeah. Fair enough. Because it's, it's lead. It's not going to like poison you short time. It's like a long time thing. Oh, okay. We will report back in a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> well, another cool thing about the trip, uh, we had our, our buddy Chris who you know from college and uh it was a lot of fun because it was like we we're back in college to be honest yeah see that's what happens when you're friends with the itch just on un, un, uh unplanned road trips you're like hey you want to go to detroit with us next weekend yes okay sure that's the third different person that we've taken with us on a road trip yep yep also including dan's wife hannah who joined us at upheaval and nashville and Nashville. So good times. But yeah, we got we got to take a moment on this Airbnb. I want to make sure we get to the music pretty quickly. But when when your Airbnb has a pirate ship in the backyard, <laughs> you got to talk about it a little bit, especially after a couple of beers and shit at this nice <laughs> restaurant. We get back to this this nice B&B. We're out chilling in the back patio. And then somebody's like, is that a pirate ship? <laughs> and I'm 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 
feeling great by this point. I'm like, is it, if it is, I'm fucking going to go conquer this shit. And I did. <laughs> and he did. I Titanic that bitch. <laughs> it's one of Ben's perpetual goals in life is to Titanic yes. everything that he can. That's right. <laughs> I'm going on multiple boats. <laughs> so for context, first of all, the backyard to this place was great. It had like a grill set up and um, it was just very comfortable. It looked like that despite, you know, Airbnb saying no parties, it looked like the kind of place would be great for a little party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then beyond that, this the backyard of this place was adjacent to the back lot of a church that had a giant playground on it, basically. And amongst that playground was a boat. And so we looked out through the foggy abyss of like the midnight, you know, air. And there's just this mysterious pirate ship off in the distance. And so, I mean, I was a little worried that Dan was going to get eaten by like some sea creatures going through the lagoon to get over there. But he survived. Now, according to Rob, we we had much more dangerous things to worry about than sea creatures in the mist. But uh <laughs> We'll probably get yeah. into that later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we we made a great KC made a great choice, I should say, in setting us up, and we had we had a good old time, just you know, just hanging out as guys do on a trip like this, and, and getting away from everything else for a minute to just kind of enjoy for a while, enjoy absolutely nothing, just <laughs> literally sitting and relaxing and doing nothing at all. Yeah, the day of the concert, that's exactly what we did. And for somebody who has two boys who are eight and five, and then Chris has two girls who are two and four, our households are fucking loud. Uh, yeah. So to be able to sit out in peaceful, uh, you know, backyard and nature, and it was just an absolutely gorgeous day. Like we couldn't have asked for a better day. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was just amazing. Couldn't have asked for a whole better experience, to be honest. I got to think that parents of young children, any any parents of young children listening to this has to be able to relate to that. Just like like we we got up that morning and we were like, what should we do today? And we started kind of looking stuff up and nothing looked all that great. And so we like went out to the back porch and we're just chilling, like continuing to talk about it. And eventually we're like, I boy, just stay here and just keep <laughs> talking and doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's what was fun about the trip, too, because, I mean, like you said, you and Chris were both you were you were both enjoying the silence, but also like scared of the silence, <laughs> but it was a great time. And then we wanted to touch base real quick before we get started on the show. We also were able to go check out Halo Burger per Alfonso's recommendations, which we also did share on uh, Instagram as, and then we also checked out for dinner. Uh, was it Mario? It was Mario's pizza, right? Yes. Yes. We have a choice of Mario yeah, or Luigi, Luigi, not Yoshi, <laughs> Mario's pizza. <laughs> I think I think we should have picked Luigi. Yeah. Uh, in retrospect. Yeah. No, I, honestly, I think in retrospect, we shouldn't have fucking gone and got food. We should have eaten at the goddamn machine shop. That's what I was going to say. We didn't, we didn't know that. And that is an yes. important thing that we're going to need to get to about the machine shop. But yes. shout out to Halo Burger and to Alfonso for recommending it. He said it was a very Flint thing. And and it was. They had they had dinosaur chicken nuggies on the menu. <laughs> you can't beat that. <laughs> Good food, too. Other than, other than that, to be honest, it was a pretty standard burger joint, but yeah, we're down with standard burger joints. So, yeah, but the machine shop, though, <laughs> yeah. and before we even get to the music options, the food available. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's one thing when like you're outside waiting in line. And you're like, man, what's that smell? Like, what, that's, that smells really good. Like what, it, it ain't coming from the dump across the street. And it sure as hell ain't coming from that Arby's. 
or the bingo hall. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I meant. The dump across yeah, the street was the bingo yeah, hall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and what was funny was we're standing, we're standing on the other side of the fence, and then we're like, "What's the, what's that coming from?" And so I just peer over the fence and look, look at everyone that's already over there eating, all the crew members. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so the machine shop had like a a food truck kind of almost not a food truck, but like a I don't know food cargo. <laughs> Dang, I don't know what the hell you call those things, man. Yeah, yeah, Freight it was, car. it was, yeah, yeah. they they kind of folded the thing up and it was a snack shack. Yeah, yeah, but they had some fire food. We didn't get any because we had already eaten. <laughs> it looked really good and it smelled really good. All the bands were enjoying the shit out of it. I know that. Oh yeah, jerky and fajita quesadillas. Yeah, I was oh. just sitting there watching that man grill that stuff. That was as good a show as the music, and it was good music. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, holy cow, that fajita right there. <laughs> Next time we know. Yeah, exactly. The other thing, other than the food that I want to talk about is the machine shop itself. It is, quote unquote, the world famous machine shop. It, it's definitely a nice venue, the way that it's set up, I think. Um, and the other thing that I really liked is like this was, quote unquote, a sold out show. But, you know, when time came, the you know, the headline band was on. I wasn't shoulder to shoulder with people like trying to fight for shoulder space. Like it was, it was comfortable. If you wanted to be up in there, you could, but if you didn't want to be like, you know, fighting for that, like you could definitely be in the back and and have plenty of space and still see just great. And then I also liked how, like, so if you you walk in the doors, like to the right is the stage, you know, the whole kind of area that you sit in is is, uh, right in front of you. The bathrooms are, are kind of to the right of the stage. And then like on the, you know, if you go to the left is where like there's like a raised area where all the merch people are. And then the, the bar is kind of like opposite side of the uh, merch area. So it's it's set up really conveniently to where like all the stuff like the bar, the merch area is in the back. It's away from stuff. Um, and the bathrooms are kind of off to the side and in the front. So I, I really did like it, the setup. It, but it's 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 a rather small club. I was expecting it to be a lot bigger from its reputation. I agree. I was thinking the same thing. And it, the layout of it was kind of interesting because the, the closer you got up to the stage, the, the narrow, more narrow it became and the more more people tried to push up there. But then after a certain point, it kind of loosens up a little bit and mm-hmm. melds into the, the back portion of the, the venue. So it was a nice layout. I, I, I liked it. And there are stickers and posters everywhere. Yeah. So the itch did tag the machine shop like five times. Yes. Yes, we did. If you ever go there and you see one of our itch stickers, definitely please take a photo and tag us and post it somewhere. <laughs> we want to see if that stuff survived. <laughs> one other thing I want to call attention to real quick is uh, we got to meet uh, a fan of the show and a super fan of Eve Under Fire, uh, Julie. And so that was awesome and always love when we can can meet people that are uh, fans of what we do. I'm always baffled and don't believe it. Like, what? You What? No way. <laughs> also, because this not just, a, you know, like a listener, but somebody that we interact with and chat with a little bit here and there, like on like on the socials. Yeah. To which since Dan doesn't really pay as much attention to our socials or converse on them as much. He's a little more out of the loop about those relationships. Yeah. Which is fair, but it is still great to see somebody that, you know, actually whether they, to be honest, I have no idea if half of our social media fans 
and podcast listeners, if they're the same people or if there's really much overlap, <laughs> it could be completely different people. <laughs> but either way, it's fun to meet them in person. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we just follow you. I don't ever listen to your show. Like, <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe we're just entertaining on Instagram or whatever. I don't know. It could be. It could be. Yeah. I mean, I hope so anyway. I'd like to yeah. think that we provide something that's worth following there. To Dan's point and question about kind of understanding the machine shop, because once you brought it up, you you kind of don't remember exactly what you said, but it was something to the effect of kind of not understanding, like, why is this a particularly like big deal or a special place? And so I, I was like, you know, that's a great question. I'm curious about that. And kind of what I gathered is that the reason the machine shop is so highly regarded is it's kind of regarded as like an artist's venue, especially up in this part of the country. It's almost like a rite of passage. Like artists have a great relationship with that venue and the the people who run the show there have a great reputation in the industry of taking care of bands and putting on a safe, you know, environment and all that kind of stuff. So it just, it, it's like, that's the vibe that I got and, and the impression that I that I came across was just that it's it's a place that artists love to play. And so it becomes kind of a big deal whenever you can play that, especially when you can headline it and sell it out. That's a, that's a, an awesome thing. Yeah, I, I agree, especially for you know bands around that area or just any kind of small up and coming band. It is, like you said, a rite of passage, and they're very proud of that. Like mm-hmm. there's a, a TV near the door that cycles through all the band pictures that they take in front of the back door. Yep. Um, which we had the pleasure of doing. Thank you to Rob from Eve Under Fire. We we definitely appreciate his uh, backstage access so we could get one of the famous machine shot pictures. And Chris, our unofficial photographer. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, Alfonso from Heartset called the machine shop the greatest rock and roll bar in the whole United States. That's what he said during their set. So take that for what you will. Well, and to give you an idea of how much Alfonso respects the machine shop, okay? So we'll get into our, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll start talking about art sick and stuff like, dude, so heart sick yeah. plays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll get into it. Cause like, I want to tell him, I want to tell him about this. So like heart six play six plays and, you know, from all the reputation of videos I've seen online talking to Alfonso, I was expecting this dude just to go off, you know, and he was very reserved. And, and so like, I got a chance to talk to him about it afterwards. And I was just like, man, I, I was expecting you to like jump on the rafters and stuff. He's like, well, <laughs> funny you mentioned that and he's like he's like i did do that the first night I actually hung from the rafters and the venue told me not to do that so i said okay i apologize and he, he so he uh out of respect so that's for the why venue. there's no yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> well if 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 we know you don't mess with the machine shop for one like that's that puddle of mud found that out you you don't you don't play games with the machine shop so <laughs> you will get banned if you screw around yeah <laughs> Especially, uh, you know, Alfonso, he's like such a nice guy. He's not going to, you know, test the limits or anything like that. He's just having a uh, up there having a blast. And uh, I think it's caught up in the moment on stage. I don't think he's trying to violate anybody's insurance policy. So yeah. <laughs> but right. you can find footage of him hanging from the rafters at the previous show. If you go, if you look it up, go to, go to Heart Six Socials or probably YouTube or something. You can find it. It was awesome. I yes. was really looking forward to it. Kind of disappointed that we didn't get to see it, but. He still put on a yeah, group, even with limitations. Yeah, it was still a great show. Yes, yeah, and that that was one thing. I kind of I kind of wish we had tickets to both uh, Saturday and Sunday because we missed we missed out on a couple of really cool things, mainly Alfonso hanging from the rafters and and uh, Elias uh, coming up on stage, which did not happen. But we'll we'll get into what what did happen. But they they at least made it interesting for uh, 
for all the shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Heartsick, you know, they had tons of energy. We, we expected them to bring the energy, and, and they did not disappoint with that, that's for sure. They had the heavy riffs, the the loud drums, like and, and you know, Alfonso screaming. And he definitely did get in the crowd. I remember that. Yeah, it wasn't quite as, uh, you know, creating his own pit like he probably would have liked, but he did what he could. Although there was some of that later on. There's so much foreshadowing yeah. in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, one thing that I did want to want to touch on regarding Heart Six Set is we kind of stood towards the middle of the, the house there. But the the lights that are on the machine shop are very bright and very hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's there's a couple of times where I was like, are, are we ants getting burned by a magnifying glass right now? Because <laughs> they, they would turn on and they would turn on really bright every once in a while. It's like, man, that is really hot. Yeah, they had stage lights in the middle of the crowd that pointed on the crowd, and if it pointed on you, like you would feel the heat. Like it was <laughs> definitely like you said, like a magnifying glass <laughs> shining on you. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. They did that, especially during uh, Vice City, which was my favorite song that, that they performed that night. Yes, agreed. I want to make a couple of notes about Heartsick. For one, they were very colorful, visually colorful. I, I realized as I was going, I was paying attention during the set, I was like, that guy's guitar is pink. That guy's drums are bright green. And that guy's bass is bright blue. Like they are very <laughs> highlighters. If Alfonso had worn yellow, they would have been a whole pack of highlighters. <laughs> but, but he didn't he wore that cool black hat that he wears <laughs> yeah 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 he was looking stylish oh yeah he was he's a very stylish guy i also want to note their drummer have you guys ever seen that old internet video of the overqualified drummer like the guy who's i think he's playing in a church service or something and his arms are just flailing up and down he's like going, yeah. going just nuts on the drum set like way beyond what the song calls for yeah <laughs> That's what their drummer reminded me of. He was he was a hardcore arm flailer, guitar stick thrower, like, you know, flinging him up in the air and catching him and stuff the whole time. And he even kind of had the similar hair that I, if I remember the video right, like of the look of that guy. So I'm <laughs> nice. like, I, I I like what you're doing here, sir. It's uh, there's a lot of energy to it and I can enjoy this. Oh, and one further note about Alfonso that I caught during our interview with him and he did it on stage again. And I don't know why this is a thing, but it it just kind of chuckles me a little bit. He doesn't say Eva under fire. He always says Eva. Yes. Yes. He, he pronounces it with the soft E. <laughs> and I think that that is great for no real reason. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, you all excited to see Eva under fire. And we're like, yes. Asterisk. <laughs> um. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I pointed that out to Chris. When, yeah, when we were listening, I was like, yeah, but he always calls him Eva for some reason. <laughs> yeah. It's a Michigan thing, maybe. I don't know. Mm. It's either a Michigan thing or at least he didn't call him Ava. So that's that's good. Oh, you don't want that. That's yeah. unacceptable. At least he got the letter right. You can. <laughs> he, he did get the letter right. <laughs> yeah, no Avas. <laughs> anyway, they were a fun set for sure. They were. Agreed. And he was a super nice guy to talk to after the show. We got to hear some great stories. And so, yeah, uh, he, he's just an awesome dude in general. So, like, I got a whole I got a shirt signed from Heartsick. Everybody in the band signed it. I was telling him I was going around trying to get Taproot to sign my shirt. And I was waiting for Jared. He was breaking down his drums. I already had uh, Phil and 
and Taylor's signature. I was waiting for Jared and Steven. And uh, I had asked Alfonso earlier. I was like, you know, and this is at the end of the concert. I was like, so where's where's Steven? He's like, oh, he's outside. And uh, he's like, oh, he'll come back in. Don't worry. Because uh, I, I asked Alfonso, I was like, so if I leave, I can't come back in. Right. And he's like, yeah. I was like, all right, well, I'll just wait, I guess, until we leave. And he's like, oh, just he'll, he'll come back inside. He'll come back inside. So I was sitting there waiting for Jared. And this is probably about 20 minutes after I talked to Alfonso comes out and he grabs my shirt. He's like, I'll just go get your signature for you, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, goes outside and he gets, gets Steven's signature on my taproot shirt for me. So I just, just an awesome dude. I truly, truly appreciate Alfonso for that. Yeah. uh, The whole, the whole, the whole show actually saw Alfonso as we're in line and he, he was hugging other people and I, I, you know, screamed out his name and he s- saw me and saw the logo and he's like, Hey, we're going to have fun tonight. We definitely did. So yeah. Before we go on to, to Eva, um, I want to uh, make another note for the machine shop. This is how, you know, a place knows its audience. They had TVs set up uh, like on the walls and even on the stage and between sets, they were showing basically Taproot's contemporaries. It was very, it was a whole series of like early 2000, like new metal, new metal adjacent bands, including our boy Skindred. Yeah. They played their video and it was just like, they had it set perfectly for like, this is the vibe of the night. And so yeah. <laughs> this is what we're going to show. I appreciate when venues can do subtle things like that. Well, yeah, I I don't like it when venues play random off the wall stuff. I mean, it's different if the the artist is choosing it, but when the when the venue just chooses like random seventies songs when you're getting ready to hear some, you know, current today music, it's, it doesn't fit the vibe. So, oh yeah, they they knew exactly what they were doing here. They did it just right. Yeah, and it really did help pass the time in between sets as well. Mm-hmm. Because there were music videos. It wasn't just the songs itself. Right. Yeah. So some nostalgia, too. It's like, hey, I remember this video. The, yeah. the Mudvayne video for Dig. I was like, Ugh, I still am haunted by this video for <laughs> 20 years well, later. And, and what was what was cool is they they had some TVs along the side that would show the, the, the videos. But then they also had this little projector screen that they would bring down as they were tearing down and setting up and setting up uh, the next band. And so that was kind of a fun thing to to watch as you're waiting well and the cool thing is too is that so those tvs when the band started those tvs converted into basically stage shows like you'd be able to see the stage from every single one of those tvs so if you had some tall jerk in front of you like kc you you could look (laughs) right and still see a tv that would show the stage yeah i tried to uh i tried to to not be in, in too many people's way you try to stand near the pole is what you do. So that like, if yeah. people can't see because of the pole, they're not going to be able to see because of you, you know, or, or exactly you, then they can't see because of the pole either. So, but I, I did. It's a good thing you brought that up because there, there was a lot of tall, bald people at this show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, another thing I wanted to say is, um, I don't know if it was, I think it was during Taproot. Like there was another fight. Like just like another dude got fucking. No, it was, it was during it was during Eva. Yeah, it was it was during Eva. Yeah, it was towards the end of Eva's oh, set. Right. Well, okay, it was yeah. almost a fight. It was an altercation. That was the first one. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Oh, there was more than one. Yes. Oh. Yes. That's oh yes, there was like, more than one. It, it's just getting crazy. <laughs> like I don't know. Like I said, 
in a previous episode, I don't know if it's people just don't know the unwritten rules of the of the pit or if just people are just can't handle their alcohol. I don't know. I don't know what the hell this problem is, but I will say that the first one that I was privy to, it had a happy ending and, and it just yes. it, it warmed my heart. There was these two guys, <laughs> one one uh slightly older looking bigger, not big, but bigger gentleman, and one smaller guy who apparently goes to shows dressed as a clown. And they were not enjoying each other very much late in the Eva set or or maybe afterwards, which Eva is also a weird band to get that fighting Wild about. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but of the bands there that night, they were the least aggressive. Put it that way. Agreed. And most wholesome. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guys, for whatever reason, they were getting very heated and some people kind of pulled them apart and kind of sent them on their own ways. And I was like, I, we, we just assumed that at least one of them probably left at that point. They did not. Um, and a little while later, we saw them with their arms around each other, talking, clearly <laughs> having b- attempted to bury the hatchet and seeming to have a good old time. They went and bought each other beers, actually. They did. That's how yeah. you solve arguments. When you have beef with somebody, that's how you solve it. When you're already drunk and fighting, you just buy the guy another beer and you can fight later. Exactly. <laughs> His arm around him is like, we're going to do this after the show, all right? I'm going to take yes. that down outside that Arby's down the street. Yes. <laughs> <We're gonna> be- <laughs> no, but that was that made me happy that those guys were seemingly resolved their issues and were able to enjoy the rest of the night in peace. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about Eve Under Fire. We, we're kind of jumping around a little bit, like as far as timeline goes, but it was awesome to uh, to chat with a lot of the band bef- before the show officially started. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah, just, they were all hanging out, getting food and stuff, and we had nice conversations with them. And that was kind of, you know, when we talked with Chris afterwards, like what was the main difference of going with a show with us is, you know, as opposed to like a normal show. And that was kind of the main difference is just that we just kind of hang out. There's lots of hanging out with bands and talking with band members and having conversations and stuff like that. Yeah. He also said, he's like, you know, I'm not surprised because everyone everyone knows who KC is. Like, <laughs> it is true, and I've always said that too. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was great chatting with them before the show, and and Chris and Rob and and Ed were all appreciative that we were there because we've we've seen them a lot in the last couple of months, and uh, so they they were thrilled that we were in the crowd that night. And uh, so they took the stage, and man, oh man, did they uh, perform their asses off! Yeah, always a great set. Um, you know, they they never fail. They're always always tight. Um, always play. You know, just the the, the songs that you want to hear, and uh, yeah, just she always sounds fantastic. Uh, they did do a couple things at this one that were probably new to the set. I mean, you guys have seen them more even more than I have, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. But they uh, they did do something that I, I usually think is fun if you do it right in a song. And that is what's called interpolation, where you put another song in the middle of one and then you kind of usually return to the other one at the end. Yes. And so uh, they they worked in We Will Rock You into into Unstoppable. And I mean, it's hard to go wrong throwing Queen into something. Everybody gets stomping along and having a good old time. So you, you kind of win the crowd by doing that. She also had uh, her friend, uh, the singer from State of Mind, join her for a song. So that was kind of a fresh, fun little thing to to see. And you could tell they're having a great time enjoying each other's company. All these 
little mini homecomings when these bands that know each other well and mostly are from the same area get to hang out. Yeah, it was really cool because he sang Spencer's part on the Blow song. And so it was just really nice because like every time I've seen them perform that song live, it's just been her singing both parts. And so it was just nice to hear the the male voice kind of counteract hers in that particular song. Yeah. And it was it was nice to meet the rock star, Jay. Uh, You know, him and Eva are good friends and she's guested on his version of Survivor. So it was nice to to meet him officially. And, and Eva was happy to introduce us to him. And uh, we saw him throughout throughout the evening uh, quite a bit. So Jay did a, <laughs> a great job up there. One of the things that I thought was awesome is that we're standing pretty close to the stage, pretty much right in front of Rob. And then, you know, Eva is to his left, our right. And like, you know, they're throwing out picks and stuff. And normally I don't try to catch picks because, you know, if I really wanted to, I could just ask Rob, I'm sure, or Chris. But this particular time, just because of the situation and circumstances, like I decided to keep it. So, like, he throws it out and it's about to hit KC. I just snatched it like right in front of him. I just <laughs> grabbed it real quick. I was like, I caught a pick. And like everybody's looking on the ground for it. I was like, it's in my hand, guys. I got it. Yeah, I caught it. It's in my hand. Well, I, I have I have video of this actually on one of the on one of the songs. It's great because he at the end of the at the end of the set he he throws the pick and it kind of flutters up in the air and it arcs and it like ran, it lands right in the crook of your like elbow <laughs> armpit area. Wait, do you actually have footage of yes. that of the of yes. Dan? Literally, you yes. can see him catching it. Yep. Okay, I want a short clip of this. I, I need to see this. I don't. I, I need to see that part pulled out so that I can I can watch this in action. That's a, that's a great that's a great scene right there. Yeah, because I, I like you said I I thought it hit the ground, so I'm like still filming and and I I'm look, looking down and then I hit stop on the on on my video, but uh, but yeah, he, it it flutters right in the crook of his his armpit basically. <laughs> Outstanding. I caught it, and uh, it, it says Eve under fire on the front and Rob on the back, so I know it's specifically from Rob. <laughs> there you go. And that's actually the third pick that I've caught this year. Like the second one was from Fame on Fire, and I gave that one away because uh, I thought that they would be hanging out afterwards. But boy, was I wrong. <laughs> so, and the other one I got was uh, from Sam Bam, a Dorothy pick. Of which I still have Casey's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for him to reclaim someday. The yeah. other note I wanted to, to make is so I took a picture of Eva up on stage and I sent it to Hannah and she immediately shows the boys <laughs> and Jacoby's reaction was, wow, she's so pretty. I want to marry her. And so my response was, I think Rob might have a problem with that. And, uh, <laughs> And so I guess she told she tells Jacoby and and like he said, oh, man. And then like she takes this picture of him in like a cape and sword, like ready to fight Rob, apparently, I guess. I, I think know. he was challenging him. Yeah, yeah. I saw that photo. <laughs> Duel for the lady, sir. Mind you, this is my five year old. Yeah, this is my yeah. five year old. And so after the show, when we're talking with Eva and, and Rob and it was it was really funny because I, I showed him I showed Rob that conversation. He's like, oh, man, he's like, I'm not going to have a chance when he turns 18. I'm going to be old. <laughs> <and flabby." laughs> he recognized the threat when he saw it. 
and so then then I tell Eva and she's like, oh, man, Rob's got competition. Did you tell him? And I was like, yeah, he said he's actually pretty worried about when the kid turns 18. He's just started busting up laughing. <laughs> Go for your dreams, Kobe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> about 13 years <laughs> no there's no point in which it wouldn't be weird to be honest but no but that that's just the the fun part about this uh show is is getting to see them and and the whole aspect of of hanging with them beforehand watching the show itself and then getting to to chat with them afterwards, you know, a lot of a lot of the times that we've seen Eva, we've hung out with specifically her and not so much the rest of the band. But in this case, we got to hang out with them quite a bit. And I get to chat with Rob uh, a lot after their set. My favorite part of that conversation, because we kind of came up there a little bit and like, you know, he, he's asking, he's like, so I'm, I'm really excited that you guys came up here and it was really cool of you guys to drive up. He's like, where are you guys staying? We're like in a B&B in Flint. And he's like, oh, uh, he's like, man, be, be careful. I was like, this is not a good area. He's like, right around in the machine shop is a good area. But Flint on itself, it's not a good area. Yeah. He's like, eh, I mean, ours has been serious. all right so far. Yeah, he, his face, like his whole demeanor changed. Like, his, like he yeah. was very serious. It was a very sincere worry about us. And I appreciate that. Yes. Yeah, I, I appreciated his concern a lot. It was my favorite part because, like, like his just like his like his look, everything about him changed when when he when we said we were staying here in Flint. He's just like, oh, oh, like yeah. his whole facial expressions <laughs> changed, his whole body language changed. Just like, oh shit, like this is not good. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's like no, it's cool. We're we're right next to a church. It's it's fine. Yeah, we're good. We got it. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did find that a little funny because it's like, yeah, we're from St. Louis. We keep trading off, you know, most dangerous city uh, distinctions. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm in Chicago, so we're right up in that discussion. Yeah. Like, it's fine. We, it, every we're city is the stuff. same. It's we're, all we're dangerous. Good. Like, you're supposed, yeah. supposedly. Yeah. It's like, anyway. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but that, you that, know, it's funny because I, I truly feel that like Casey would still be talking with Rob if we didn't like pull him away to take a picture with Alfonso. And that's the other <laughs> thing, too, is like we're terrible at taking pictures with people like we're we always forget until after the fact. And then it's like a scramble like, oh, shit, get everybody together and get a picture real quick. And it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> we only found one member like. Uh... Yeah. So the point being is that uh, the the position for itch photographer is open. There's no pay. You just get to come along. Maybe. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can pay f- to come along for most of the part. We'll definitely let you tag along if you want to pay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a what a pitch. <laughs> We're so likely to fill that position. I'm not trying to sell it here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, but it was it was awesome hanging with the guys in Eve Under Fire. As always, you'll be hearing more from from them before the year is out, almost certainly as well. So, as you can say that just about any time on the itch. But <laughs> yeah. for now, we got to move on to the main event of of this particular trip, and that was Taproot. Yes, new album Scissors just came out. They were the winner of this year's March Bandness competition. And we had three of the four members on the show to, to talk about everything that's going on. And so this was really a culmination of that and just a culmination of so much time spent covering Michigan this year. 
Yes. <laughs> and so I feel like they kind of started it off. And then we spent most of the summer talking about Michigan. And then we had to touch on it again here as we enter into the fall. Yeah. Apparently 2023 was the year that it, sh- it makes Michigan their second home. Yeah, I guess so. Definitely. But yeah, Taproot was was awesome. They came out. They hit you real quick with the the new single or one of the new singles. And yeah, just got right into it. Yeah, victim I play right off the bat. Steven was wearing his, you know, puck hockey jersey with the, the 23 Richards on the back. And <laughs> he loves his hockey jerseys. He does. He he wore the white one the, the night before and then the black one uh, the night that we saw him. Yeah, I think the first night on the show, they were all wearing white. And low key, I kind of wanted to see them in like costume, as it were. Yeah. But they weren't at that point. Everybody was just kind of doing wearing their thing. Do you think that's from the company that Alfonso works for? Was it Alfonso it that yeah, works yeah. for? Puck, okay. Puck hockey, yeah. Okay, that's my thought. They work with those guys. Yeah, they're cool company, apparently. You're out here working with all these all these heavy bands. Yeah. Maybe we should look that way for sponsorship. There you go. <laughs> Dude, I would love an itch hockey jersey. That would be <laughs> fucking awesome, to be honest. I don't really even like hockey, but I would be into it. Yeah, we could probably <laughs> talk to Alfonso and get the hookup on that if we wanted to. That would be sweet. <laughs> Let's push for it. A little <laughs> mini ish business meeting mid episode. Yeah. We just need <laughs> we just need like five jerseys printed. <laughs> yeah. Five. I don't I don't I figured I figured other people would want them than just the three of us, but <laughs> Oh yeah, probably. Maybe. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but Taproot came out swinging. They were ready for this. This uh, run of shows they've been doing is is Taylor Roberts' first live shows with the band. Uh, as he was kind of added in the process, I think of of making this album. If I understand correctly, and if either of them listen, they can correct me. Stephen Richards uh, wrote the album, but Taylor is the guitarist for the album. Which was funny. After the show, he was talking. I overheard him. He was talking about how. Um, three nights in a row here by the end of this third night his hands are killing him he's like because he's like i don't really have big hands and steven writes really weird guitar parts so by the by the end of a show my fingers are like stretched to like the maximum that they can stretch and after three nights in a row of doing it he's like they're just they're just killing me but man he he does such a good job and he brings such a great energy to that band up there especially with his bright red hair like that (laughs) the visual and the energy he's just feeling it so much and I love that. Yeah, unfortunately, what the videos that that I was able to capture of Taproot weren't the greatest because there was a lot of tall people that were around my same height, and then also Taylor isn't the biggest guy for one, and then he was kind of crouched down, so that made it even harder to get a, a good shot of of Taylor. I got a couple of decent ones, but. He moves and ducks a lot, yeah. In general, it was it was hard to get a good shot where I was. Yeah. My uh, taproot set was ruined by a drunk asshole. Um, <laughs> ruined? Oh, man. Not, ruined, not necessarily ruined, but it was definitely uh, disserviced yeah. <laughs> by a drunk asshole. Well, then why didn't you stop drinking, Dan? Yeah, it wasn't me. It wasn't uh, him. I'm just joking. It, was <laughs> it wasn't him. Out, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so this guy apparently like dropped his beer and it like hit the ground. And as soon as it hit the ground, it just exploded on myself, Chris, this couple in front of us. It hit the couple in front of us more than anybody. Like he got it on the back of his shorts, the back of his legs. Like it just kind of like got my sock all wet and stuff. And it was gross. 
Yeah, I, I watched that whole situation go down. Basically, he, this guy. <laughs> Did you record this, it? I I was recording the other direction, but I I saw what happened no. out of the corner of my eye because this 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 big guy comes walking through and he's got like four beers stacked. He's got two stacked on top of each other, basically, and then he he dropped one, and when it it's full and it fell and it just exploded, mm-hmm. and then. I thought I thought it landed all on Dan, and I thought Dan was like going to get super pissed and try to like punch this guy, <laughs> but but it it did not land all on Dan, thankfully. No, and it's funny because like the same guy that that dropped it, so like you know he was very apologetic. I, I will say that like he was very apologetic at the time, and um, but like he really should have been more apologetic to the people that really got wet. But then like later later in the set, like he goes up into the the crowd into the pit and lo and behold not even like a minute later security is dragging him outside it's like yeah. oh, I, like there's it's just very small line of a threshold for these people uh you know nowadays apparently like it's just you're either there or you're over the line actually that's one of the things going back to the machine shop in general whenever i was reading up on them that was one of the things that people were saying they're like you don't screw around there or they will kick you out. They're not going to let one person ruin the night for, you know, the whole crowd. Yeah. I noticed that there was a couple of, there was a couple of security staff members uh, that were kind of on these, these big posts that there's like this, this fencing that was up on, on one of the, the bars and these, these guys would stand and like look over the fence on like a high perch to, spot any shenanigans like that and then yell at the the people down below you know point them in the right direction kind of thing and that happened a couple of times yeah one of the things i love about taproot sound live is that phil's bass is turned up really loud and so it's like it just i don't know it just makes because like they're you know he's a really good bass player for one uh and so like when the bass is kind of carrying the song it I don't know. It just it makes like a different. It's just a different aspect because you don't really hear that on the recording all the time. Like the, you don't hear the bass carrying the song all the time on the on the recording, but live that definitely was the case. Yeah. Another thing about Taproot, uh, Jared the drummer was talking a lot, and it was <laughs> it kind of threw me off a little bit to be honest. <laughs> yeah, because you can't tell that he's talking because he's hidden behind drums. Yes. <laughs> It's like, who's that voice? He was definitely acting a little bit as the spokesman. Yeah. <laughs> God, are you at the taproot show? Yeah. <laughs> it's a very, very distinct voice that, that was not Stephen upon stage. Yeah. <laughs> or Taylor, because Taylor was was thanking everybody and telling everybody how it was, you know, the, the third night at the machine shop that sold out. And it's like it was just a dream for him as a kid to play in this type of situation. Yes. And you could just tell he was he was super grateful. He said it was the first time in his in his career that he's ever played a sold out show. Oh, OK. So it was a huge deal for him. But you could tell they were all enjoying themselves. Um, Steven, I thought was interesting. I felt like he was actually kind of in his element. Yes. As we noted, he's he's a bit of an unusual cat, but he did some fun stuff up on there on stage. Like more than once I saw him reach out into the crowd and take somebody's cell phone and just sing like a whole verse or two directly into their phone and then give it back to them. Like what a cool thing to have. Yeah. 
<laughs> is that that's Casey's dream right yeah. there. Yes. And he gave the mic away for like a, a, a verse yeah. or, two or something in a song. He did. During at least maybe more than one song, but at least during poem at the end, he literally threw the mic into the crowd. And just yes. let the crowd have it. <laughs> and the one guy took it and he actually he sang, didn't like, do the whole that verse. bad of a job. Like, yeah, yeah. He didn't yeah. do that bad of a job. But Steven was cracking me up, especially at the start of their set, because he made reference of all the people like myself with their phone out filming, and he would he he like mocked it and like made a mm-hmm. funny face about it. So <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. He also did something that I that I enjoy. I've seen people do it before. I saw uh, Sky Sweetnam of Sumo Psycho do something similar, but early in the show, he went out into the crowd and basically started his own pit. Yeah. Like he just kind of went out into the center and started kind of, you know, that kind of light elbow and chubbing kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, midway through, once you get the pit going, then you sneak back out and get back on stage. Yeah. So he was like, you know what? There needs to be a pit in this show. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and, and do the honors. Yeah. They, they hit up quite a few songs off of uh, the new album, which I yeah. we knew that they were going to play some, but I was kind of surprised that they, the amount that they actually played, I think it was like five or six. Yeah, 15 songs set and five or six of them were from the new album. I mean, I, I largely enjoyed that. They played We Control Our Destiny, which I think is my favorite off the new album. They also played the kind of country one that is yes. not my favorite. But yes, <laughs> they also they did bring this the same woman who guested with yeah. them on that song out live for this performance. So that's kind of a cool thing. He said yeah. it was the first time it's happened. And for all we know, it might be the only time it happens for some time. Yeah, and so. You know, if that's your if you dig them doing that kind of pseudo country sound for that track, then that was a cool moment for you. It was a nice it was a nice moment to see. Alfonso went up there during favorite song in Elias's place and did a fantastic job, I thought. Yes, he did. He definitely did. Yeah, on Saturday night, Elias was at the machine shop and he was able to fill in for himself. But yes, on the night that we were there, um, Elias was not there. And so. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was Alfonso that was able to fill in, which was still really cool in itself because, you know, it could have just been Steven singing, you know, double time. Yeah. Taylor trying to sing Elias's part or something like that. And yeah, I'm sure that he could handle it. But it's just, you know, I think that Alfonso did a, a fantastic job. He did. Yep. And something else that, that I really got a kick out of. Uh, if you listen to our interview, you'll you'll definitely hear me mention uh, an instrumental B-side that they recorded that they titled Kevin Spacey that was meant to be filled in with vocals of Lane Staley from Allison Chains, um, who unfortunately passed before being able to be part of the song. They incorporate that song into their set. They just play the full instrumental. And in my opinion, it's one of the nastiest instrumentals they have in their whole catalog. And so you just don't hear too many like hard rock or like metal bands or whatever do just like a four minute instrumental in the middle, unless you're, you know, I don't know. Primus or Tool or something doing. Yeah. 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 Maybe. But it's not that common in this kind of genre. And I thought that was really cool that they just threw that smack dab in the middle of their set. It was also funny that Steven made an interesting joke about it before he went into the song. And not a whole lot of people in the crowd got it. Oh, it was a bad joke. It didn't land at all. He said (laughs) that it was supposed to feature the guy from American Head Charge. And the only people who understood were probably like us. Yes. Because we knew the story. <laughs> I told you, yeah. he's a strange cat. Yeah. But <laughs> Everybody's like, who the hell is American Head Charge? <laughs> or that too. I don't know. I think if you were at this show, you probably a lot of people probably did know. 
but Probably. nonetheless, <laughs> Probably. and they were kind of mostly from that same era. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a good it was a good show. Um, and yeah, like they they played stuff from throughout their catalog. Naturally, you're going to close the show with poem. They didn't do one thing that I've seen them do at other shows that I wish I wish they had done it. But I get it because the machine shops stage is tiny. And that is I've seen the other shows. They will have a crowd. The crowd fill the stage for poem and sing okay. along with them. But there, frankly, just wasn't room for more people to run around on that stage. <laughs> no, maybe yeah. if they brought out, you know, Heartsick or Eva or just that, like, just you know, maybe your bands come out. But yeah, that, yeah. No, instead he was just throwing the mic at the crowd, letting them sing it. There you go. <laughs> Got to be careful throwing that mic in the crowds, though. As Travi McCoy found found out, you can get charged with the assault. <laughs> oh, yeah. lesson learned. Yeah, he threw a mic at somebody that, uh, and, a, and a, here in St. Louis actually was tra- charged with assault. Mm. Oh, Travi. But we had ourselves a good old show. It was that was that was a good trip. Um, I'm glad we did it. We got to speak with guys from all the different bands and it was it was a pleasure to you know shake their hands and thank them for coming on the show and, you know, tell them they played a good set because everybody did. Just a very memorable night and a very memorable trip, and and I'm I'm glad we did it as long as that drive was. <laughs> yeah, it was all, yeah, it was only eight hours. It wasn't too bad. No, you say. <laughs> <laughs> it could always be worse. Yeah, exactly. Drive to Florida with me once a year. You'll definitely understand. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> Well, it was a successful uh, another itch road trip and another another one where we got to uh, see three bands at least that we've interviewed in the past year. And who knows, we might do one more before the year is out. Uh, Don't say that kind of crap. No. <laughs> AC might do one more before the year is out. The rest of us are retired. <laughs> Better grow some wings, boy. <laughs> uh, we do want to thank you, the listener, for, I mean, y'all don't pay for these trips, but <laughs> the fact that you care and listen and comment and interact and say hi to us at shows and anything like that stuff um, is, is definitely incentive to do stuff like this. Um, and it, it's enjoyable. And we hope that you enjoy humoring us as we as we recap these things often in between, you know, interviews with your favorite artists, hopefully uh, among. <laughs> so go back and check out these guys as well. Yeah. If you, if you are interested in this at all, go back and see the conversations we've had with Taproot, with Heartsick, the like five times with Eva. <laughs> all worth your time. <laughs> so thank you very much for listening to the itch podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, do I get a stamp? Like every time I go up to Michigan, can I just get a punch card? <laughs> If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about The Itch. Check out the show notes for links about the episode, as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every Sunday night. And you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. <laughs> Five visits and the next one's free. Like, what the hell? <laughs> you, just, you just have to pay more tolls. Yes. Ha <laughs> ha.